I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show did you try the drink i did it's quite good doesn't really taste like brandy no no i got this um i'll say it on the show let's three two one I hate it so much. So many, so many, so many damn books. Books, you know? Books. We have opinions about them. And that's why we have this podcast. It's called So Many Damn Books. I'm Christopher. I'm Drew. And it's just us. It's good to see you. You too. This This is the last time that we're doing this podcast close by as far as we know yeah time for the being, time being anyway yeah for the time being see that is a good that was an amazing tale for the time being yeah yeah tournament of books discovery how do you how do you say that the title of that tale for the time being or tale for the time being i say um t f t t b all right We are just going to talk about the Tournament of Books, the Super Rooster. I was going to say, it's not just the Tournament of Books, Christopher. That happens in March. This is the Super Rooster! It's um, the long-posited for many, many years. Yeah, we've, we, we have been saying that this is a possibility and it'd be, they'd be fools not to do it. <laughs> as soon as they got to 16 books that they could have a full field of their own choices to go up against each other. Yeah. And of course they're doing it. And honestly, it couldn't come at a more welcome time. <laughs> I know, seriously. I would, I, w- I would love to fight about books in the morning um, every day of, of October. Yeah, right? Yeah. But wait, before we do this. Oh yeah, we were gonna do the other things. Yeah. You got what you you've made us a drink in honor of the rooster, but it's not a sriracha cocktail again. Oh my god! For those who don't know, one of our, one one year, I tried to do because sriracha is also known as rooster sauce. Um, I tried to do a run of cocktails for the tournament of books that all included sriracha in some fashion, and I made some truly heinous drinks. <laughs> um, but I also made a couple really good ones. I, I highly recommend it, adding it to your next Bloody Mary mix. You know, you, you miss 100% you of the shots you that. don't take. Yeah, but it was very good. 
<laughs> this drink, um, I'm calling it prognostication fuel. And it's uh, Douglas fir brandy, Ooh. Cointreau, and fresh squeezed lemon juice. So a lot of you at home, I know, are screaming it all around you. That's a sidecar. He, he made a sidecar. You're just screaming and screaming. And you can calm down. I know it's a sidecar. <laughs> um, but this is a Douglas fir brandy. So it's yeah. my own spin. And um, I obtained this bottle from uh, this very beloved bar slash bakery uh, just closed butter and scotch um, oh, yes. down the street from us. Oh, one of my absolute favorite places in the world. It was where Sarah and I had our first date. And Hello. I'm very sad that it's closing, although they've opened up a different bakery location. So they're just fine. And I've actually also heard that the rent on that place was sort of prohibitive anyway. So ultimately, I think a good move. So yeah. I don't have to feel too sad about looting their larders. They sold their, their um, you know, old alcohol and so i got this douglas fir brandy and i was thinking about how you know trees stand the test of time and often that is what you're looking at for a book in in thinking of award worthiness will Mm -hmm. this book matter in 10 years or 20 years and and because that's what an award is about right it's about like choosing this and saying like this will be mentioned uh for the for the time to come yeah yeah i mean remember is, um, is that the you're choosing a book for longevity right yeah remember when uh i think it was when kathleen donahoe was on the show we read that alice mcdermott book charming billy that had won the national book award in like 1985 or something and neither of us had ever heard of it nope so you know so obviously awards don't really matter sometimes (laughs) but this award will absolutely will it's the it's the most important literary award in the world because it doesn't matter at all yeah paradoxically that's what makes it the most important literary award and boy i love a paradox (laughs) almost as much as i love two docs so that's the drink it's 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 a sidecar with has, has these notes of Douglas fir in it. Um, and it has this sort of, because it's been infused with Douglas fir or something or other essence, um, it has a sort of tree pininess to it. Yeah, it's really nice. And it's a little green. It's um, very autumnal. Yes. And since it's autumn now. It is. We're recording this on the uh, meteorological first day of fall, which oh, as we exciting. all know is actually the, 21st full day of fall the first day of fall being my birthday september 1st do we all know that yeah you know one time my intern um thoroughly humiliated me by polling uh her instagram following about whether or not fall started on september 1st or on the equinox and it was like overwhelming not only were people like yeah it's the equinox they were like what fucking moron doesn't think it starts? On the <laughs> and I, uh, I've honestly, I've never felt more embarrassed in my entire life. Uh, well, maybe we can. The kids, they know how to do it. You know, they know even how to further shame by um, getting our prognostication all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as we often do. 
before we get to discussing, um, you know, the chance of fever dream to go all the way, um, why don't we do our normal? What'd you? Buy? Oh yeah, some uh, some what'd you buy? <laughs> What did you buy, Drew? So books? I have three books uh, that I have been thinking about for a while, and I've actually, at this point, even read a couple of them. But they're all—they're just like all three of them are very exciting fall releases. First uh, is this book, Hench, by Natalie Zena Walshots. Um, it just got a lovely review from former guest of the show, Aaron Summers, in the New York Times. Very cool. Um, it's. It's like if Hillary Lecter's temporary had a section where they're temping for supervillains, but that was the whole book. It's like there's a temp agency for supervillains and for superheroes. Normally to be like, maybe it's to be proper like muscle henchmen. Um, but oftentimes it's also just like, I don't know, they need people to crunch the numbers and like help them come up with evil schemes. Okay. Uh, it takes this premise and runs with it and manages to both be a searing indictment of capitalism and like the present way that we embrace work while also delivering all of the thrills of a Marvel movie. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's the, it's the only one of my, what'd you buy that I've read, but I really, I loved it so much reading it in a galley that I went out and ordered a finished copy. Cause it was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, wow. the two other books I've got, which I know next to nothing about one is the great offshore grounds by Vanessa Veselka, uh, that was just long listed for the national book award. I love an alliterative author name. And then the final book I actually am thinking of speaking of beloved, uh, restaurants and establishments that have closed or are closing. Mm. We just found out that egg restaurant, um, in Williamsburg is closing by the time you're hearing this, it'll have, it'll be closed. It closes at the end of September. Um, and Evan Hanser has brought so many very wonderful things and people and tastes into my life. Uh, but one of them is an author reached out to us, Natalka Burian. Um, she's also a restaurateur in New York and she's got a novel out called daughters of the wild. Mm. Um, it looks a little bit spooky. There's something about a, a vine that is maybe sentient or something and like a sort of Southern Gothic way. I'm, I'm excited, so excited about, about it. About, yeah. I'm crazy excited about this book because you know, and it's also... one of those things where when a friend also tells you like, Oh, Hey, my friend is going to reach out. Their book's really good. You're like, hell yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> she runs a bunch of bars. Like, so, and I remember one of, one of her bars used to have a, a big, like inspired by uh, literature list. Cool. Yeah. Oh, how about you? What are you reading? What did you buy? Um, I bought, so I got really intrigued by this um, book that the New York Review of Book Classics put out um, called Novels in Three Lines by Felix Fenion. It's translated and with an introduction by Luke Sante. And uh, it's very, it's very interesting. Um, okay. Basically, this guy hid this manuscript. Um, he, Felix was a dandy anarchist and critic of genius. He discovered George Surratt 
and the first and he was the first French publisher of James Joyce. Wow. And so he but he treasured his anonymity. And this was only uh, discovered after he died, um, I believe. Wow. And it's just he felt like there were all of these moments in newspapers that was like you could write an entire novel from these three lines from a newspaper. Um, and they're just little stubs. Cool. Um, that sounds great. I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, these are little, I mean, they're like a few sentences, but there's always something like truly like pleasurable about the lines. Um, I also, we got sent um, tal- The Talented Miss Farwell by Emily mm-hmm. Gray Treadwell, which of course she's quoting the comparison of Talented Mr. Ripley. Um, but this is more of like a embezzling art heist Ooh, story okay. instead of um, murder. A little bit and, of like Thomas Crown meets Ripley. Yeah, except for it's more about like truly like living two lives. You know, in, Ooh, in one okay. life she's... Um, Becky and she you know works as a city treasurer basically and in another life she's Reba and she's this crazy um, art collector and one fuels the other and it's a very interesting and very like you just re- you're, you're just waiting for it all to come unraveled cool um, and then one more thing I got, Memorial by Brian Washington, which I'm really excited about. The buzz on this book is huge. Um, and it's just like the dissolution of a, of a relationship. Um, and I'm fascinated by novels about that. So Great. Man, yeah. speaking of Evan Hanser and Tables of Contents, there was supposed to be a big dinner for Memorial in, God, I think it was April or May. They were going to do one of the big, like, full-course meals. That is really sad. Yeah. So does that mean the novel was due out in spring and it got pushed? No, they were doing it as a pre-pub thing. I think uh, every every ticket you got a galley. And it would, like, galleys had just come out or something like that. Although I do think that might have, it might have been pushed back from where it was supposed to come out. Who knows? Time has no meaning anymore. I'm so sad with all these restaurants closing. It just feels like, you know, like we're going to come through at the other end of this. It's just like, what's going to be left? Yeah, man. Just like Applebee's. (laughs) (laughs) You'll walk outside in New York, city of anarchy, and it's just an Applebee's (laughs) on every corner. God, I'm sad. Let's look into the past. Um, Yes. The past and the future. Yeah, but let's look to the future by looking in the past. So the super rooster, if you don't know, there's been the tournament of books going for 16 years at this point, which is old enough to drive insane. Um, I haven't been following it for the full 16 years, but I've been following it for a good number of them. And looking back as, as I look at the bracket, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's uh, I was there for number five. Yeah. I think I started reading, um, a visit from the Goon Squad was my first year. Nice. 
And so each year there's, they've been doing these brackets and they've come up with 16 winners and uh, it's been pretty good at predicting Pulitzer winners. Um, yeah. I mean, there it's fun too. Cause it's not only has it been good at that at the same time, it's also been good at highlighting, particularly in the last several years, highlighting undersung books or books mm-hmm. that we're never going to win the Pulitzer or the national book award or something. You know, my sister, the serial killer, um, the good Lord bird. Oh, well, I guess that won the national book award the sisters, brothers. I think that the, the, one of the big lessons to me of the tournament of books is one, of course, um, is awards are random and <laughs> the, the, um, criteria used to choose a winner the year before won't necessarily make sense for choosing the winner the next year and how odd it is to be comparing something like i don't know like the sisters brothers uh to any other book Mm -hmm. really to freedom or something you know like it's it's very strange yeah um and so i think that that's one of the big things that i learned and then the other thing that i learned is that often actually what won an award wasn't the most interesting thing um it wasn't the thing that it captured your imagination the most it's just this thing that has the weird criteria of being good at what it does and also that thing that it's doing being something that resonates with a lot of people right i mean and it's so for anybody who the the few of you who are maybe listening to this episode who have never listened to a previous so many damn books rooster episode let alone are familiar with the tournament of books the thing that makes this work and the way in which it is different and sort of pointedly different is that there are judges who read the two books and then write a judgment about it uh and then they're all called together at the very end to choose between the two finalists and it it really does sort of lay bare the individual vagaries that come into why a person would choose one book over another in a way that, you know, there was all that hubbub about the booker when uh, Margaret Atwood and Bernadine Evaristo won together the other, what was that, last year, two mm-hmm. years ago? And they were like, oh, well, we couldn't possibly tell you why we decided to have two. And the whole thing about the rooster is like, yeah, no you have to tell why you're choosing one over the other. And sometimes it's like, I don't know. I had a bad day when I read this book. I don't know. This one went farther when I threw them both down the stairs, you know, Uh, that one makes people furious, but I think that there is something to like, you know, I had a babysitter while I read this one and I didn't have a babysitter while I read the other one. And maybe that has something to do with the reason why I'm advancing it. Yeah. Um, And I just, I, I kind of love the honesty on display um, in all of these decisions. And I'm mm-hmm. it's what I'm most looking forward to. Like, you know, all of our prognostication and our choices and the fun sort of sportsiness of it, it does not really hold a candle to the actual reading of a judgment. And, you know, some some judges are fantastic of stringing you along and making you think like oh this other one's oh wow they're saying so many nice things about this one Ah, oh (laughs) (laughs) there's a weird um you know vocalizations that that occur with this sort of thing so okay the 16 books yeah cloud atlas 
by David Mitchell. The Accidental by Allie Smith, which we just read and talked about not but a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Road by Cormac McCarthy. The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde by Juno Diaz. Mm -hmm. Mercy by Toni Morrison. Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel. Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. Sisters Brothers by Patrick DeWitt. The Orphan Master's Son by Adam Johnson. The Good Lord Bird by James McBride. Station Eleven, Emily St. John Mandel. Sellout by Paul Beatty. Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Fever Dream by Samantha Schweblin. My Sister the Serial Killer by Owen Ken Braithwaite. And finally, most recently, and arguably most divisively, Normal People by Sally Rooney. Those 16 books have been matched up in... Okay, I have feelings about this. I have pretty strong feelings about this. They've been matched up chronologically. Yeah, so so one is against two, two is against three, which I remember in talking about this, one of the things that I was kind of excited about is for having a book that's 16 years old go up against a book that's one year old. intrigues me as far as a comparison. But I get that, like, it's really hard to do the seeds this time. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be thinking behind it. I think it's probably just, it's the easiest in some ways to do it, where you get to, you're not worrying about the thing that we also potentially find interesting of like, what would it be like to put normal people up against Cloud Atlas? Um, Or... Oscar Wow up against oh my god Oscar Wow would have gone up against the Underground Railroad um I mean Oscar Wow going up against anything is there's only one way for that judgment to go but that's a different story I think there's something there's something to the idea of you might reading a book from 16 years ago be inclined to pick the newer book because of how the world has changed and how writing has changed. I mean, over 16 years, that's enough time for writing yeah. itself. Like how popular fiction is delivered will have changed. I mean, we were just we were just talking about Ali Smith. And I, in the time since we recorded that episode and got to this, uh, I read the final book in her seasonal quartet. And those those four books are incredible. It's one of the best literary achievements that I've ever experienced in my life. And the accidental is fine. I loved it, but I well, but it's the saying. kind of thing where, you know, it won the tournament of books fifteen years ago, and not one of the four seasonal books has made it onto the bracket in the last four years. Like literature has changed in a way that I think is, it's interesting. Mm. And yeah, so I see what you're saying. I get why they did this. Even if- I do, I do. I wish there was. And and you know in some ways there there are those knockdown drag out fights that yeah. happen that will happen down the line, but yes. we don't get to see you know so the right side of the bracket is more recent than the left side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. So it, the really the only big fight is between is at the very end. At the very end, because also a change from how the rooster normally works, there's still a zombie round. Usually with the rooster, the zombie round is everybody gets to vote on whichever book from the shortlist they loved the most. The top two vote getters that have been previously knocked out of the tournament rise from their graves, hungry for blood, (laughs) and try to kill again. Right. Um, 
this time and this i really love because this this feels like it adds absolute fucking pure 2020 chaos to the proceedings the zombies will be the books that the finalists beat in their winning matchup right which is just it's it's like a bonkers thing to say and if you are not familiar with the tournament even if you are familiar with the tournament it's a little bit of like wait what <laughs> um but you know like if let's say cloud atlas makes it to the finals before that it's gonna have to go up against the plot against america by philip roth the book that it beat 16 years ago right so like some of these zombies are going to be really quite moldy you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see what longtime friend of the show, Will Chancellor, does between Toni Morrison and Hilary Mantel. I mm-hmm. think that's a fun pairing and a, and a great judge for that matchup for sure. I mean, and you've been, and I also, we're, we both follow Roxanne Gay on Goodreads. Oh, yeah. And so, listen, friends at the uh, Rooster... I'm just going to go out there and say that as I did in 2012, when I happened to be following Lev Grossman on Twitter and he said something that he shouldn't have about a matchup months ago, I happened to note that Roxanne Gay rated a book that she had previously not had any experience with. And I was like, Oh, that's funny. I wonder, um, I wonder what that's all about. I mean, anybody who's looking at the bracket and listening to this will be like, Oh, I know which of the two books it is. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm giving, uh, no, you know what? Screw it. This is coming out close enough to the game and everything. She happened to really enjoy sisters brothers, but here's the thing that I think I, I, I agree with you that, I mean, I've, I saw her rate sisters brothers highly and rate visit from the goon squad. Not so highly. Right. I saw that too. Although but, the goon squad rating is many years old. That's the thing. Yeah. That's one thing is that the Goon Squad rating rating is many years old. Also, the way that you personally feel about the book isn't necessarily the same reason that you will judge a book and move it forward. Oh, very true. So even though there's a ratings, a Goodreads rating disparity, I don't think that that's as locked and loaded and sure as when you discovered Lev Grossman giving up the, the <laughs> straight up, just giving away a zombie level decision. But yeah, I mean, it's really that it's really funny that, that that's right out there in the open. And that's the other thing about this is like, I bet you, we could, you could game out some of these people there. Some of these um, writers are, these judges are very Twitter. Mm-hmm involved some have public good reads like i feel like if you wanted to you could truly do a lot of research and it's pretty fun when you're looking at a mashup matchup and you're like okay merit tears yeah she wrote, who wrote that novel love me back and think about you know that was a very close um very tight short novel um and what does that mean for her reading proclivities <laughs> uh, will she not like something really long like wolf hall um which is what i have getting that far or will she like something a little tighter yeah um 
because that's what she likes to write. I mean, that's that's the that's the fun of this whole game. So we shared some like snap judgment brackets a little while ago. Yeah, and... at the beginning of September on Twitter, which yeah. I had the sellout winning the whole thing. Over what? Do you remember? Wolf Hall. Mm. I had Goon Squad over the Underground Railroad in a nail biter. But now, honestly, I think I'm I'm gonna follow the Goodreads gut here that Goon Squad's gonna go down in the first round. Uh-huh. Which totally throws the left side of the bracket into chaos for me. Um I like all of a sudden hearing you talk about like, oh yeah, right, Merritt Tierce did write a like a close, intimate, short kind of novel, like the accidental could go all the way. Yeah. Got a decent shot, you know? Well, that would mean just Zimmerman. That well, that means DT Max moves it forward. And what I know about him is he wrote a book about David Foster Wallace. So I feel like the cloud Atlas has a pretty good shot because it's sure fractured novel. Um, But but also dental also has the Allie Smith, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and this is, so you can start getting very conspiracy theory here with the board and the pins and the red yarn. Yeah. It's all Pepe Sylvia. That's who. <laughs> that's who is gonna win. Ten years ago, Nasli Samazadeh said this thing on Twitter that leads me to believe that in a final <laughs> she would choose the road over Fever Dream, but only if it's that pairing. Because otherwise, this other thing. They yeah. find us three days later in a cave, just like <laughs> scratching things on walls. How did we get into the cave? Who knows? Why is there a rooster here? I think it's interesting looking back at something like the, you know, how different these books are. I mean, like Fever Dream is so, so, so different than Wolf Hall. Yeah. And Orphan Master's Son is so, so, so different than the Sisters Brothers. Um, I almost think like the Orphan Master's Son was a course correction. Like, whoa, I got really weird after Sisters Brothers. <laughs> like, we got to go back to the, to the surefire Pulitzer Prize winning one. Having Fever Dream versus Underground Railroad right at the top of, um, not at the top, but on on this in the second first round, bracket, yeah, is really ooh. That's that's a tough one because that's there's, a tough one. There's so such different ideas of what a novel is. Yeah, um, you know, some of these are more similar. Like I feel like, I actually think Orphan Master's Son and Good Lord Bird have a lot in common. Um, yeah. It's interesting. You know, I mean, you're right. You can see trends in a way that are, you know, it's only because you're putting 16 books next to each other and then kind of asking to find trends. Well, and winners have gotten shorter. I mean, yeah, my sister, the serial killer and fever dream and normal people, those are all pretty short books. Even Underground Railroad isn't as long as something like Cloud Atlas or Orphan Master's Son, even though it's a it's a historical novel. Mm hmm. Which yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is about historical novels, but they trend towards long. You gotta explain it, Christopher. <laughs> you we gotta got all do the computers all the and stuff. 
<laughs> or what like, they did without the computers. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? Yeah, it's funny how Wolf Hall starts with Thomas Cromwell didn't have a computer, so it was really hard. <laughs> I think it's really fun to see the zombies. Um, the it's Lacuna. such a weird alternate history list. Well, I think Wolf Hall versus the Lacuna is a strange fight. Um, and yeah. so is the sellout and the Turner house, because I also think those, those are also like, those are two novels that are kind of fighting about how you tell a story. Yeah, for sure. I've read most of the finalists. I realize. I think the only ones, the only one I know absolutely nothing about is Tom Piazza's city of refuge. Don't, I don't even know what that book is. But I think the only other one I haven't read is uh, the Sam Lipsight book, Homeland. That's a great book. It's about a um, a guy returning to a high school reunion. Ooh. And he had a horrible, horrible time in high school. So you're sort of wondering why he's going back. Um, Sold. Yeah, it's good. And it's sort of harrowing. As and I imagine. Really, um, it really, if my school ever had a reunion, my high school yeah. ever had a reunion, it would be. I, I, I heard of my school having one for um, 10 years and just thought, nah. Facebook yeah. has shown I don't need to see most of these people ever. <laughs> the sellout I think is the winner looking at this. That's interesting. I could the, see that for sure. I the think books I most if, enjoyed from this list are a visit from the goon squad, the sisters brothers and the station 11. I, I most enjoyed as just a reading experience alone. Those. Two. Sure. What about you? What are your top three from these? I think my top three are probably woof. That's tough, man. Goon Squad for sure. Probably Wolf Hall. And I think Underground Railroad. Mm. Although it's tough because I could also put Cloud Atlas there. I haven't read Cloud Atlas in years, but I do love David Mitchell. But I also love Colson Whitehead, so it's like who knows? Um I um I have such I, I've I haven't read Cloud Atlas. I've the that Cloud Atlas and Wolf Hall are the two from this list that I haven't read. Ooh. Um, I can't really imagine getting to either one. But I did see the movie of Cloud Atlas. Woof. And they gave it their all. I'll say that. They really, they didn't leave any stone unturned. It's just an unfilmable book, I assume. Yeah, that's very true. I'm, I'm trying to put together like a prognostication right now because that's what that's what we get paid to do um <laughs> so we get paid the big bucks i think honestly if i'm looking at it now with this this newfound wrinkle of the sisters brothers beating goon squad i could see a final that is either the sellout or the underground railroad versus the accidental and I think that that to me is like, in a way, here's the full, if you read two books from these 16 books, 
to understand what has won the rooster over the course of the last 16 years, those two books wouldn't be a bad place to do it. Mm-hmm. One is a historical novel that has a little a little bit of weirdness to it. The other is a like traditional, uh, a seemingly traditional present tense novel that has some weirdness to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the unifying factor of all 16 of these books is that every single one of them has something decidedly fucking weird about it. <laughs> you know, whether yeah. that is like a, a, the a literal underground railroad in place of the historical one mm-hmm. or cloud Atlas, where you're thrown hundreds of years into the future into a weird Huxleyan tech dystopia. The only, um, the only book that I feel like I'm, I'm not even considering with the amount of weight that it has um, to the greater populace is the road. I, yeah. I don't, I'm not a Cormac McCarthy person. I don't enjoy his work. Um, although I've tried and I didn't enjoy the road, but I think it has new resonance with the pandemic yeah and i think having i don't know i i feel like and 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 it's also very powerful you know it was powerful when it came out yeah Um, i cried when i read that book man and i i think if you haven't read it and you've only know it from its uh reputation that it could sort of knock you flat because like reputation doesn't really paint how, how strong um, Cormac McCarthy can be. Um, And so that's the one that I feel like I, I don't like it. So I'm just not even considering it. Um, But I really think that that could go all the way. I think I'm, when I'm thinking about like, I don't like it and I haven't even tried it um, is Wolf Hall. It's just for some reason, there's something about that. I'm just like, I probably won't. Um, enjoy that Thomas Cromwell historical fiction just seems like it wouldn't work for me Um, it's funny I think you would be I think it would win you over but in the same breath um, I found the mirror and the light to be a total letdown so yeah so the rooster loves to surprise it sure does it's you know what it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking Fever dream again. City of <laughs> Refuge by Tom Piazza, and everybody's gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> it's gonna be fun. We'll be in the comments. We'd love to see you there. In the meantime, yo, yeah. Should we recommend some things for folks? And the to- times they are mean, aren't they? Yes. Unrelentingly so. Yeah, let's recommend some things that makes the time disappear. What do you got? Um, I flipped for a book for the first time in a long time. Um, I've been reading some duds recently or things that just didn't catch me. And I completely blame my state of mind and not the books at all because state of mind is very real. Um, and you bring your everything that you're experiencing to every time you read a book. Um, but I'm reading the memory. I read the memory police by Yoko Ogawa and holy cow. Cool. It's it's about um, it's this island where things disappear, 
And when those things disappear, uh, you have to get rid of all of your record of it as well. Um, and you, and then there's sort of a collective forgetting. But okay. if you don't forget, if you can't forget, the memory police come and they take you away. All right. And, and so you're following this woman who's lost both her parents to it. Her mom was a sculpture artist and, um, you know, was taken away by the memory police. And her father died a more natural death, but he was an ornithologist until they disappeared the birds. Um, okay. And so, and, but that's the sort of thing. It's, it's these details that um, are almost short story like to me where it's just like oh yeah and we all just the roses disappeared yeah and sometimes you wake up and you feel like the air is different and something's wrong but you're not sure what it'll be and so you're like looking around and and the main character that you're following is a novelist and so she's always worried about what if novels get disappeared too and uh oh I was amazed that this sort of very speculative, strange um, idea could be carried through for a novel. And then uh, the main conflict comes from she's she decides to hide someone who can remember everything. They haven't forgot anything with everybody else. There's this really sort of graying out and they can't remember what things are. Um, but there's this guy who does remember everything, so she decides to help hide him from the memory police. Wow. Okay. And it's cool. very, of course, connected to now and like what else are they going to take away from us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's also just beautiful and sad and um, kind of funny, and it's so stark. I, I, I just. Uh, I, I devoured it. I, it took me like, I, re I read the first 15 pages and I was like, that's pretty weird. And then I read the next 15 and that was really weird. And then I read the next 300, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I just had to find out what it was, what was going on and how it was going to play out. And it's, that's um, awesome. It's, I talked about it a lot now, but whew, go read it. It's just incredible. Cool. That's it. That's, That's my recommendation. Got. I'm going to recommend one thing because I loved it so much. And I, I want there to be, I want everyone to be like, wow, that's, <laughs> I'm going to do it because I, I really think that it will catch you by surprise, even if you're a little on the fence about it. Cool. All right. Um, I have two things to recommend. One is a book and one is a thing. I'll do the thing first because it's short and it's weird. Okay. If you are a citizen of, Twitter, you, at least because this is how I found it, you may have seen people tweeting about what is hypothetically a typo, people tweeting about blaze ball or blase ball. Okay. Um, just it's, it's baseball, but with an L B L A S E B A L L. Just, um, I'm not even really going to tell anybody too much of what it is. Just go to blazeball.com okay it is if anybody out there has read robert coover's the universal baseball association j henry wall proprietor um it's a little bit of that it's like it's a fake sports it's a fake baseball league that's happening it's playing out 
with like players and some sort of like weird night veil style weirdness that's happening in the background. There's peanuts and you can bet on games. I don't really understand what's going on, but I am riveted. Um, Very nice. Okay. Blaze ball. Blaze ball. The book, I wanted to stand up and applaud when I finished this book. I loved it so much. Um, it is a tour essential that has just come out. It's called The Dragon Waiting by John M. Ford. Mm. There was a slate piece about a year, year and a half ago that was talking about how this author, John M. Ford, is like this beloved speculative fiction fantasy author who has more or less gone out of print and like why Mm -hmm. and it was this really in-depth piece and the sort of the bumper at the end was like it turns out he's coming back um tour is going to start bringing him back into print this book is set during the wars of the roses with the lead up to for the shakespeare nerds out there uh it's it follows basically richard iii's ascension to the english throne Everything else is different. The, the Byzantine Empire is ascendant, like the the um the second Roman Empire essentially never went away. Constantine and Justinian, instead of choosing the mystery cult of Jesus, they were like, you know what? Religious plurality or plurality is the thing. What if every religion gets to keep so Christianity is there, the cult of Mithras is there? There are vampires, there are wizards, and it is it follows these four characters as they kind of get caught up in it it seems like it's gonna be this big like empire spanning novel, and then it continues to narrow down into just like how are these four people changing the course of history by putting Richard the Third on the English throne? It is. I'm like a huge AP Euro nerd. I'm a huge Shakespeare nerd. It has a shitload of both of those things wrapped up in it. It's so much fun. The writing is astounding. It's so smart. It's full of in jokes. And it's just like, I've never seen a writer do the thing successfully before until John Ford, where he manages to like do a huge plot point in the space of a sentence or a paragraph Mm -hmm. and keep going and you follow it along it's not like you two pages later are like wait a minute this person's dead how what it just the his economy of language both in terms of when he's able to be concise and when he's able to go super maximalist Mm -hmm. that alone is astounding and then it's also just like a fucking killer alternate history um man i just I truly, I, st- I finished the book and I was like, I would, I'd like to applaud. And maybe mm-hmm. that's just because I haven't been to the theater in six and a half months. Maybe because you're going slightly insane in general. Yeah. But you know what? I'm embracing it nevertheless. <laughs> Blaze ball forever. Blaze ball and <laughs> dragons. All right. Dragons? Well, I guess Blaze I have ball. to get back to packing. Oh yeah. You're moving. Yeah. I'm staying the same. I'm never changing. Aren't we all moving? And aren't we all staying the same? 
I don't know, but what Letting we should the do is go by. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, go to our. Obviously, we deserve a lot of money. So yep. go to patreon.com slash SMDB if you want to. I'm going to take that again. Feed my baseball habit. And the way that you can give us money is going to patreon.com slash SMDB if you want to redistribute the wealth in that way. Um, uh, you can also go to our website if you want to see any of the books that we've talked about. Somebodydamnbooks.com. Each episode has its own page. You can also go to the damn bar to look for any recipes for any cocktail that you're interested in trying. And find us on social media. You in um, the comment section on the tournament of books. We read it all. We might not say much these days, but yeah. Although we're very, now, we're very present. You know, it's uh, what else we got to do? So true. So true. All right. Well, caca to you. And a caca to you, sir. <laughs>